0: Let us pray to God. Lord, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. For Jesus' sake, amen. God's word comes to us today in Psalm 91. Hear the word of the Lord. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress A 1,000 may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many adults can recall a certain childhood feeling that has now pretty much faded away. When you're a child, you feel like a child, you think like a child, but when you become an adult, you put away childish things. And sorry to say, one of the things you may put away is a childhood feeling of security in the nest. It's a sense at home that you are protected, that you are perfectly safe. In properly functioning homes, children often have this feeling that somebody else is in charge. Most adults no longer have this feeling. Years ago, on the old Candid Camera TV program, they interviewed a beefy truck driver, a man of about 50, and asked him in the interview what age he would be if he could be any age he wanted. Well, there was a silence for a while as the trucker thought it over. What was he thinking? Was he hankering for age 65 and retirement so he could trade his Kenworth four and a quarter semi-tractor down to a John Deere riding lawnmower? Or was he yearning for age 18 so he could go back there and take a turn he had missed? The trucker thought it over. Suppose he could be any age he wanted. Finally, he turned to the interviewer and said that it was up to him. He'd like to be three. Three? Why three? Well, said the trucker, when you're three, you don't have any responsibilities. When I first heard the interview, I thought the trucker was maybe trying to be a little cute, but I now think he said something wistful. What he knew is that when you are a child, and if your family is running the right way, your burdens are usually small. You can go to bed at night without worrying that carpenter ants have gotten in at the screened-in porch again. You don't wonder whether the tingling in your left leg is the first symptom of some exotic nerve disease. You don't toss and turn half the night Worrying that down the line some federal person is going to find the deduction you claimed just a little too creative No You squirm deliciously in your bed You're comforted by the murmur of adult conversations elsewhere in the house You hover wonderfully at the edge of slumber and then you let go and fall away You dare to do this not only because you're confident that God is going to resurrect you in the morning. You also dare to do it because you are sleeping under your parents' wings. If parents take proper care of you, you can give yourself up to sleep because somebody else is in charge, somebody big and strong and experienced. As far as a child knows, parents stay up all night, checking doors and windows, adjusting temperature controls, driving away marauders, they never go off duty. If a shadow falls over the house or if demons begin to stir, parents will handle it. That's one reason children sleep so well. Their nest is sheltered and they love it and they should. I think children might be a little alarmed to discover how much adults crave this same sense of security. Adults need to be sheltered too. Some of us have been betrayed. Some of us have grown old and sick and are not happy about it. People get betrayed or they get old or sick. Some are deeply disappointed that their lives have not turned out as they had hoped. Others have just been staggered by a report that came back from a pathology lab. And still others are unspeakably ignored by the people they love. Human beings, as children and then again as adults, crave security. And the psalmist speaks a word of security and comfort. It's one of the great themes of the scriptures. God is our shelter. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. The image here is that of a hen or maybe an eagle. In any case, it's a picture of a bird that senses something dangerous and instinctively spreads its wings over its young. An expert on birds told me that this, this move is so typical of birds. They sense something falling from above or they sense the approach of a predator and out go those wings, and then the fledglings scuttle underneath for refuge. And the psalmist, who has almost certainly seen this lovely thing happen, the psalmist thinks of God. God will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you may seek refuge. The point is that that God is our shelter when the winds begin to howl. The point is that under God's wings, we are defended, protected, perfectly safe. The point is that somebody else is in charge, somebody big and strong and experienced, somebody who never goes off duty. In one of his books, my former pastor, John Timmer, tells of his experience as a boy in the Netherlands at the start of World War II. German troops had invaded the Netherlands just a few days before, but nobody knew what to expect. And then on the second Sunday of May, 1940, as the Timmer family was sitting around their dinner table in Harlem, suddenly they heard an air raid siren, and then they heard the droning of German bombers. And of course, everybody was scared out of their minds. Let's go stand in the hallway, John's father said. They say it's the safest place in the house. And in the hallway, John's father said, Why don't we pray? I don't know what else to do. Well, John Timmer has said that he has forgotten the exact wording of his father's prayer, all except for one phrase. Mr. Timmer, who is praying God for his family, to protect his family from Hitler's Luftwaffe, somewhere in the prayer said, Oh God, In the shadow of your wing, we seek our refuge. It's a picture, God spreading wings over us for our shelter, for our protection. It's a picture that all the Jewish and Christian generations have cherished, because if we had a good childhood, it invites us to recover our childhood sense of security in the nest, And if we are working away from a bad childhood, this picture invites us to get that feeling of security for the first time in our lives. It's a special feeling, and only a pretty numb Christian would fail to be touched by it. But still, if you're thinking, one disturbing little question is pricking at you. How secure are we in the nest? I wonder whether on the second Sunday of May 1940, some other Dutch family begged God to spread his wings over their house. And I wonder if the bombs of the German Air Force pierced those wings and blew that house and all its inhabitants to smithereens. You read Psalm 91 you begin to wonder it offers such comprehensive coverage he will cover you with his feathers under his wings you will find refuge you will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday really i needn't fear any of those things I can sleep in a dangerous neighborhood with my windows open. I shall not fear the terror of the night. My child's temperature spikes and his white blood count falls. I shall not fear the pestilence that stalks in darkness. I can plunge into my work at an AIDS clinic and not fear the destruction that wastes at midday. Really? Is there a level of faith that can honestly say such things even after all allowance has been made for the fact that God's word comes to us here in the form of poetry. (coughs) Let's face the truth. Faith in the sheltering wings of God does not remove all physical danger or the need for precautions against it. We cannot ignore Middle East tourist advisories or feed wild animals on our camping trips or jump a hot motorcycle over a row of cars and then trust God to keep us safe. We can't smoke cigarettes our whole lives like the Marlboro Man and then claim the promises of Psalm 91 as our protection against lung cancer. It would be a foolish Christian who did these things and a foolish reader of Psalm 91. You may recall that in Matthew's Gospel, Satan quotes Psalm 91 to Jesus in the temptation at the pinnacle of the temple. Throw yourself down, says Satan, throw yourself down. After all, it says right in Psalm 91 that God will give his angels charge over you. And Jesus replies that it is not right to put God to the test. It seems that God's protection is good for certain events and that restrictions may apply. Jesus was teaching us that we may not act like fools and then count on God to bail us out. God may do it. I remember how I drove my dad's Buick when I was 16 and God bailed me out. But we may not count on God to do it. And then, of course, some believers get hurt, terribly hurt, by no folly of their own. Suppose a drunk driver smashes into their family car. Suppose an I-beam falls in on them in a storm. Or suppose you're a devout, middle-aged Christian woman who lives in Holland, Michigan, and one August, you start not to feel very well. So you visit your primary care physician who sends you for tests, and then to a specialist for more tests, and finally you go back to your primary care physician, and she says, Ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you that you had better get your affairs in order. She says more, far more, about treatments and research and making you as comfortable as possible, on and on with all kinds of stuff that is perfectly well-meant. But you have grown deaf. All you can hear is that you are 46 years old and you are going to die before your parents do and before your children get married. Now, whatever happened to the wings of God? Can you get brain cancer under those wings? Get molested by a family member? Go to New York City and get knifed in a subway by some teenager with a vacant stare? And you find one summer that your own 17-year-old has become a stranger and that everything in your family seems to be cascading out of control? Where are those wings? I think that what troubles us is not so much the sheer fact that believers suffer along with everybody else. C.S. Lewis once pondered this. If the children of God were always saved from floods, like believing Noah and his family, if every time a person pointed a gun at a Christian, it just turned to salami, if we we really did have a money-back guarantee against hatred, disease, and the acts of terrorists, then, of course, we wouldn't have to worry about church growth, would we? Our churches would fill with people, attracted to the gospel for its benefit plan. We already have people becoming Christians because they hope to get rich or get happy. What would happen to people's integrity if becoming a believer really did give you blanket protection against poverty, accidents, and the wages of sin? No, it's not the fact that we have to take our share of the world's suffering that surprises us, not that. Our experience and the rest of Scripture have taught us to expect hardship. What worries us is that Psalm 91 tells us not to worry. It says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And this sounds like advertising too good to be true. In fact, the psalmist says, Because you have made the Lord your refuge, no evil shall befall you. And the statement troubles us. What about Paul? What about Stephen? What about our Lord himself? Our Lord wanted to gather the citizens of Jerusalem as a hen gathers its chicks. And one day the soldiers took him outside the city and nailed him to a cross. So what's going on in Psalm 91? How are its extravagant promises God's word to us well first what Psalm 91 does is to express one of the moods of faith one of the loveliest one of the most treasured but just one it's a mood of exuberant confidence in the sheltering providence of God probably the psalmist has been rescued by God from enemies and now The psalmist is celebrating but in other days in other moods in other and darker seasons of life this same psalmist might have cried out to God out of despair out of a sense of abandonment remember that when our Lord was crucified when our Lord shouted at our God my God my God why have you forsaken me remember that Jesus was quoting one of the Psalms Psalm 22 So, Psalm 91 expresses one of the moods of faith. You need another psalmist, or this psalmist on another day, to fill in and fill out the picture. With a kind of amazement, the psalmist bears witness that under the wings of God, good things can happen, even to bad people. You need another psalm or two to fill in the picture and to cry out that under those same wings, sometimes. Bad things happen even to good people. Second and final observation. Psalm 91 says, No evil shall befall us. When we have cashed out the fact that this is poetry and then added in the witness of the rest of Scripture, what I get, I believe, is the conclusion that no final evil shall befall us. We all know that we can believe in God with all our heart and yet yet get our heart broken by the loss of a child or the treachery of a spouse or the menace of a fatal disease. We know that. Everyone who is at all mature knows that. And yet Generation after generation of saints have testified to something else and spoken of it. In the mystery of faith, we find a hand on us in the darkness, we find a voice that calls our name, and we find the sheer certainty that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. We may be scarred and we may be shaken, But we are not destroyed, not in this life and not in the life to come. We're like fledglings that scuttle under the the wings of a parent bird. The forces of evil beat on those wings with everything they have. The pitchforks of the evil one, falling tree limbs in the storm, rain and hail, everything beats on those wings. And when it is finished, when evil has done its worst, those wings are all bloodied and busted and hanging at wrong angles And in the commotion, we get roughed up quite a lot. But they do not fold. Those wings stay out there no matter what comes whistling in. And when the feathers quit flying and we peep out from underneath, we see that we are in the only place that has not been leveled. Yes, we have been bumped and bruised and hurt, sometimes badly hurt, but the other choice was to be dead. The truth is that if we had not stayed under those wings, had not stayed under the shadow of the cross, we could never have heard the body shudders and felt the groaning of the one who was protecting us and that those wings stayed out there no matter what came in. This is Jesus Christ our Lord the one who protects us and the one who is with us for this life and for the life that is to come. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. It's not a simple truth, but it is the truth and we should take it to our hearts today.